but I can't stop looking at your face. So <laughs> maybe I'll look into the camera. <laughs> I don't know how to process that, but thank you. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Local Marketing Lab, where you get real-world insights from industry pros to help you drive local revenue and local growth. This podcast is brought to you by Evocalize, digital marketing tools powered by local data that automatically work where and when your locations need it most. Learn more at evocalize.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Local Marketing Lab. Today, we have a really, really interesting guest. He's got over 20 years of mortgage and real estate uh, experience. Uh, he's been recognized as both an industry insider and a marketing leader by Housing Wire. He's got a traveler's soul and is a huge fan of the band Rush and is the director of marketing engagement over at Thrive Mortgage, James Duncan. Thank you for joining us in the lab. Absolutely, Justin. Thanks for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. You bet. Yeah, this is this is an exciting conversation. We've got a mutual friend that that uh, we've both worked with, and and he gave a recommendation to check you out. And, and you've got a really cool background, and you've generated some really cool content. So I'm I'm excited to hear what you have for our listeners today. Thanks. Um, you know, I think it would be good to for our listeners. It was good for me to go through your background. If you wouldn't mind just taking us through, you know, uh, a little bit about your background and your role over at Thrive Mortgage. Well, um, I'd be happy to. Um, I started in the real estate industry working for a custom home builder in the Austin area. And that's where I really kind of cut my teeth on learning all the ins and outs of, uh, of this side of the transaction. I'd seen a lot of this stuff on, uh, on the consumer side and, and just knowing what I knew uh, based on personal research that I was doing as a consumer. But I'd always had a dream of being in real estate in some capacity. And growing up, I thought it was going to be on the home building side. And uh, when I joined, um, uh, when I joined that home builder, I thought I had landed the, my dream job. I was going to do it for the rest of my life. And uh, I was working with with clients on designing their dream homes, and and uh, these were kind of higher end homes. So. Uh, dealing with some high net worth individuals, and they had very exacting tastes and and details, and and so it was fun working uh, working with the architects and the designers, and and seeing something start from the ground up, and being able to drive by and point to it and tell my kids, hey, I did that, or I was a part of that, and um, and so that was really really cool. Um, the unfortunate thing about that particular company is that the owner of the company stretched the company a little too thin financially and tried to get a little too aggressive on their expansion plans. And then 07, 08, 09 came along and the bottom dropped out of everything. And unfortunately, we were uh, that uh, our our company uh, or the company that he had started was left standing when the music stopped. And so um, so that forced me kind of to, to transition to other things. And while I was doing, uh, while I was working for that custom home builder, I knew that I also wanted to get my realtor's license. So I did that. So by the time uh, the, that company went out of business, I had my realtor's license. So I had something to fall back on. So I was a realtor for a few years, but given what was going on in the real estate market during that time, I also, I had two small boys and I knew that it was probably a better priority to have some semblance of job security and some stable income coming in. So I became a teacher. I became a public high school teacher. I was a teacher for about five years and and still maintained my realtor's license, did uh, occasional deals on the side just to supplement uh, income. And, and 
um, discovered that I was really good at teaching and, uh, it was something that, that just kind of came out of me naturally. I come from a long, several generations of teachers. So it's kind of inbred into me and I wouldn't be able to escape it if I tried. So I never really, well, I shouldn't say I never, I don't really refer to myself as a coach. Uh, I refer to myself often as a teacher uh, because, and I think that there is a distinction between the two. So got into teaching, got disenfranchised with being a public high school teacher, not because of the kids, but because of what, no, well, first of all, teachers are criminally underpaid. And number two, um, the things that the uh, the folks at the district level and at the state level require teachers to do now is really counterintuitive to how good teachers operate. And instead of just giving them total control of their classroom, letting them instruct their students how they want, uh, that they put a lot of restrictions, and a lot of clamps down on the creativity uh, of being a teacher and uh, engaging young people's minds. And I got I just got frustrated with that. And so. I left teaching, got back into real estate full-time, this time on the mortgage side, got into the industry about 2013, uh, 2012, 2013 on uh, the mortgage side as a trainer and just grew from there. And very glad I made the transition over to mortgage, enjoyed my time as a realtor, have uh, unlimited respect for realtors and what they do every day. I would not be able to, to, to do that today, but um, really have gravitated to being on the mortgage side, mortgage side and learning everything about uh, the, uh, everything about what's involved in mortgage, how to, how to craft the right kind of mortgage strategy for long-term success, being able to market in this, uh, in this environment. And then just one thing led to another and just through hard work and, and proving myself, just, uh, work my way up. And, uh, in 2018 was, uh, tapped by our, our CEO to, uh, to head up the marketing division here at Thrive. And, and that was right about the time that we went through a massive rebranding from our previous name to, the name that we're that we operate under now, Thrive Mortgage, and my team. I've got an amazing team, and have been able to build out an amazing team. And we did everything in house. When it, and anybody who's been through rebranding knows what a, a Herculean effort that is. And normally, you're going outside. You're working with design agencies, PR firms, all that. We did everything in house. We did all the design, all the videos, all the voiceover narrations, all the media, all the PR, all the the press, uh, all the press releases, and everything. We did everything in house, and um, and that was that was a um, an incredibly educational um, yeah. project to tackle, and everything else is just, we've just kind of grown from there. Very cool. No, that's such a cool story. Thanks. The, you're, I I do love that your experience goes across; it just runs the gamut. So you have experience on the local side, being a realtor, doing right. your marketing for yourself, and now you have experience working for a much larger organization, right. helping others at the local level to their marketing. So right. what are some things that you think have, that you've seen or done that, that really move the needle um, from a local marketing standpoint? And that could be for, for brands, branches, or LMOs. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because that, that, an that answer is as varied as the number of people that are in the mortgage <laughs> industry, uh, because it, it really depends on what your, what your end game is, um, mm. from, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll address the first part of this answer to my counterparts, at maybe, uh, marketing directors or, or heads of marketing at, at other, uh, organizations. Um, when it comes to branding for your company, for your corporate brand, uh, in the mortgage space, it's got a greater, uh, it actually has a greater impact on your recruiting than it does on 
um, than it does on consumers because consumers do not, I mean, unless you're Nike or Apple or Amazon, consumers do not follow brands, not typically. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there might be your one-offs where you've got like the, uh, everybody follows the Wendy's Twitter account because they want to see the latest flame yeah. job they're going to do on, on, uh, <laughs> uh, Denizen, but, um, the, it's gold. Yeah. For, for the most part, consumers don't follow brands. They'll watch ads, but they connect with humans. They connect with, with other people. Uh, so as far as your branding goes, you need to be, you need to be thinking of it through the concept of what's going to educate your consumer on what it is that you specialize in. If it's a particular program, educate them on that. If you run the full gamut of you do any kind of loan loan program, then educate them on uh, on other things that are solving their problems. Because if an ad is just put out there just to say, hey, we've got this, great. But if it doesn't solve the consumer's problem or you're not explaining to them how your product or how that solution solves their problem, then it's just it's a it's a nice bell and whistle that they're not going to pay attention to and, and you're going to be forgotten just as quickly. So when it comes to, to marketing your corporate brand, you have to engage in what it is that that you specifically want your consumers to know about you the most. And that's that's the way that they're going to identify with you. And then when you've got loan officers in their local market who are echoing that same sentiment and putting out content that says the same thing, then there's that uh, that, that creates a connection. I like, oh, I've heard of that company. And then they gravitate to that local professional who's in your local market. So there's a way that that the that there can be a symbiotic relationship in that, where the corporate uh, corporate branding and the corporate efforts that you're doing from a marketing standpoint are benefiting that local loan officer, and it results in business. If you are um, so so that's that's on the the corporate brand side, on the local loan officer side, or or even realtor side, but the we'll just call it the local real estate professional side. Um, you have a different task ahead of you. You're, you're not about you. Brand building is a component of kind of what you're doing, but it's less impactful if they don't, uh, if your consumers don't see you as the ultimate solution to their problem. And so um, from a, a personal level, you need to be sharing, you need to be, you need to be okay with video. If you're not doing video, you really need to give that some strong consideration. Um, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not everybody's reasons are, are different for why they do it, but whatever content you, per, you are producing, it needs to be educational in nature. It needs to, uh, you, you need to be putting out content that is going to, um, that is going to engage them in a way that, exp that, that similarly to, sorry, I'm kind of dancing around here. Um, but similarly to how corporate branding is, is all about educating and solving the problem. You've got the same pro uh, the same issue ahead of you, but you just take a different tactic or a different approach in doing it. So I don't, there's some people here at, at Thrive that call me the face of Thrive. I don't particularly like that moniker because I, and, and that's one of the reasons why you don't see my face on a lot of our corporate, uh, corporate stuff, because I don't ever want that associate. I don't, I don't want that association because Thrive is not one person. Thrive is the, is our entire community and everybody at Thrive is the face of Thrive. So when it comes, but when it comes to the local loan officer, you really need to be doubling down on the content that is going to separate you from the rest of the noise that's out there, and um, and that's going to really uh, elevate you to the level of that's the trusted professional in my market that I want to work with, and that that needs to be what's in the mind of the consumers. If all you're putting out on social are graphics or videos or content that's provided from somebody like me, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> 
because our con- the content that we provide to our loan officers is not intended to be their sole source of content. It's intended to be a supplement to the other content that they are producing themselves. Hopefully yeah. that, that was a very long way of answering a very simple question. Hopefully I did that. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> no, it was a great answer. I think you touched on a lot of great things. The one thing that stuck out to me is when you said for, for some folks like video, for whatever reason, it just may not be for them. But video content is so valuable. It's the reason why we do things like the video version of a podcast. You know, it's it's something where you could take you could take the long form version that you're creating in in the video and you could cut it up into little nuggets, bite-sized chunks. You could serve it up in different ways, whether it's on your social channels, or your emails, or whatever. It gives you so many different derivative pieces of content that you can give to your to your base to to engage with them and to leverage that content to help, you know, engage your sphere um, in ways that make sense uh, with with content that resonates with them. And it doesn't have to be long. The little pieces you send out, make it short, make it sweet. Just give them something to something to chew on to stay top of mind. Exactly right. Um, so what are some things that, that you've seen done at a local level that, that you think has has worked really well? Or maybe if there's something that you've seen that maybe didn't work so well. Um, yeah, the, there's there's a couple of, of examples I can give you. Um, the, the folks that try and let, let's just stay on the uh, theme of, of doing video. The folks that try to do a video where it is very obvious that they are reading from a script and uh, and doing this with their eyes and, and looking at the camera. Oh, man, and, you caught me. You yeah. caught me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and, I mean, you can tell that they're reading from a script that it becomes there's only so much scripting that you can do before it becomes um, stale and rote and, um, and and meaningless. The videos that have the biggest impact on people are not the ones where you're where you're getting on to flip on the camera and defining DTI. Nobody cares what what DTI stands for. Nobody cares what it means. They care how it impacts them when it comes to qual- uh, qualifying or finding out how much mortgage they can uh, they can afford rather than just what they can qualify for. Uh, we actually just posted a video um, uh, on our corporate pages. I mean, uh, despite what I was just saying, I don't want to be the face for my, if, if it was <laughs> me talking and educating people on the difference between qualifying for a mortgage versus affordability of a mortgage and, uh, and just spelling out those. So you, you've got to engage in doing that kind of content where you're speaking uh, speaking in terms that they can easily understand and they have that light bulb moment like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And uh, and so the the common mistake that I see people making when they get on video is number one, they're thinking that they don't have to practice. There have been any number of times where I've told a loan officer like, okay, I want you to record a video a day for two weeks and I don't want you to post a single one of them. And the, they'll say, okay. And I find out who's serious by the, uh, and wanting to be coached in this reg- uh, regard are the ones who actually do that. And, uh, and because, and the reason why I, uh, reason why I have them do that is because I want them to get comfortable pushing the button and looking at the camera and talking like it's another human being. Cause it's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm sure that you've experienced this as well. It's amazing how many times, even now, as long as I've been doing video, as much as I've been on camera, especially internally there are still times when I'll flip on the camera and I've got a really good thought in my head and I'm just, I just completely blank out. 
it's every day for me. <laughs> I know, and and so it's something that just takes practice, and you got to give yourself a little grace, especially if this is your first first time into it. But one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making is number one, trying to script their videos. Uh, number two, they keep using industry jargon, and number uh, and then uh, and terminology, and trying to define it. But that just extends the video further. Just put it in simple terms that they're going to understand. Like, how would you explain it to a consumer who's sitting across the table from you? Are you going to throw out DTI and LTV and and uh, and all the different uh, acronyms that we love to use in the mortgage industry to somebody sitting across the table without any context? Probably not. So eliminate the jargon and just speak plainly the way that you would to to a consumer or someone who's asking you questions. Um, the third mistake that I see uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people making, and I, I, I just had it and and it just left me just as quickly as, as I had it. Um, but basically it was around the concept of, uh, uh, of trying to, um, uh, trying to do too much in your video and to squeeze too much information into your video, break it up, break it up into three or four videos. And you just got yourself another couple extra days of content and, don't try and answer every question in the video. Leave that for the chat. Leave that for the comments. And have conversations there. Because there have been so many times where I've done a video where I intentionally did not answer every question in the video. I just posed a question or addressed a particular issue and said, give me your thoughts down in the comments. And questions were asked in the comments that led to additional videos. And so, that, I mean, that, that's part of the beauty of, of engaging with your community on socials that you find out because then that helps you find out what's important to them and what do they really want to know. Exactly. And the more content you piece, pieces that you push out, the, the quicker you can accelerate your learning. So exactly. if you're pushing out different, different video formats or types or different uh, types of content pieces, whether it's written form or, or video form, the more you push out, the more you can learn quickly what works and then just do more of that stuff. Uh, but I do think that, you know, one of the things that we, we hinted at a little bit earlier is just start. Like, you just have to get started, mm -hmm. you know, creating something. Um, I do like that that you have them go through creating some videos so they can feel comfortable uh, in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, and do things like, what one thing you do really well, James, is you, I could tell you're looking directly in the camera where I'm looking on the screen at your face. So, it looks like you're engaging with me as a person when you look directly in the camera. Yeah. Um, but I can't stop looking at your face. So <laughs> maybe I'll look into the camera. <laughs> I don't know how to process that, but thank you. <laughs> well, hey, I think I think those are that was some really good uh some really good words of advice there. Um, I'd like to I'd like to just ask, you know, uh, if there's one thing that you'd recommend someone do today, just to start. So let's say they're struggling to engage with their sphere, they're struggling to to, to drive business, uh, to attract more realtors, what's something that they could do today to kind of turn that around from a tactical standpoint? From a tactical standpoint, um, that's, it, that's largely going to depend on, on the individual and what specifically, what specific struggles they're having. Uh, like the, cause my response to somebody who is, who has a hundred great realtor connections in their database, but they're struggling getting referrals from, from those hundred realtors is completely different than the realtor, the younger LO who is trying to establish those realtor connections 
and can't get anyone to, to take an appointment with them or can't get the foot in the door. So, so it's going to depend on what their problems are. But if we're, if we're limiting the, the response to social media and what they can do to engage their audience more on social media, I would say pick one platform. So if you if you don't have an extensive community built on any specific platform, then just pick one. And I would recommend that you double down. Don't ignore the other ones completely. But let's say it's Instagram. Let's say you want to you want to beef up your your community on Instagram. Then double down on that for the next two months and go all in. And when you make a post, don't just make a post and then disappear for the rest of the day. Go make a post whether it's a video graphic that you share something like that, maybe a testimonial card um, and share that out. And don't just say, Hey, honored to get a uh, honored and humbled. And please stop saying that you're humbled when you get recognized for something, because if you're truly humbled, you wouldn't be bragging about it on social media. You wouldn't media. talk about it. Can we, can, <laughs> we just, well, can we get, can we get that out of, out of it? Anyway, that's another soapbox, but go ahead and make a post, whether a graphic or video, put it on Instagram, but instead, in, in the caption copy, don't put what is, don't just reiterate what's clearly happening in the photo. If you're at a close, like let's say it's a, a, a photo of you at a, at a closing at a title company with a, with a family that just closed on their home. Tell me the story about the family. Don't tell me, congratulations, Johnson family on your new home. Hope you enjoy it for many years. Tell me the Johnson story. Why is it significant for me to want to celebrate that with you? Uh, there was, uh, w- I had a, one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard about a, a client story. Um, and I'll try and keep this as brief as I can. Um, one of our branch managers, uh, helped, uh, a couple who was previously homeless living in their car, child protective services had taken their, their kid because they were hooked on drugs and life was just in shambles. And then they met, they met, they met this loan officer. And she helped, uh, she helped them. And, and while they met her, they, they had a goal of getting home, getting their kid back and getting clean and sober. So they were going through a rehab program, getting cleaned up. Chrissy was, was working with them on, uh, on getting them going through all the steps that they needed to go through getting, uh, they, they had to get employed. They had to get, uh, had stability. They had to, um, anyway, she worked with them through the whole thing and they, eventually were, I mean, long story short, they were eventually able to get the home. They shortly before they closed on the home, child protective services returned their, their, their five, five-year-old daughter to them. And they were a family again. That is what gets me up in the morning. Those kinds of stories. I mean, you tell that, you tell me that story. Okay. I want, I want to get to know you a little bit better and I want to follow you because I want to hear more stories like that. That is the power of storytelling on social media. So you need to change your perspective on what social media is intended to do and what it can do for you. And it's not just about you putting content out there. It's also about you engaging with those uh, with other people who are not just engaging with your content, but start engaging with other people that you really gravitate to what the message that they're delivering and watch what they do. Most of the time when I'm on social media, I'm not. Uh, I'm not digesting content through the same lens that other people are digesting it. I'm looking at how they're structuring their video. I'm looking at trying to figure out, can I, can I see what kind of mic they're, they're using? Can I, can I determine what, what they used to put, put the video together and uh, Mm -hmm. how they're putting the captions in? I'm looking at all the little detail things like that, because that helps me educate our audience even better. So I would say, Mm. If you're if you're lack, lacking on driving business, 
then, and you want to use social media as a, as a cure for that, it's not going to be an overnight cure, but pick one platform and double down on it for two months and see how that helps you. No, very good. That's a, that's an incredible story. Uh, yeah. man, well, um, that would, that was, that would also motivate me to come to work. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that, that, mm-hmm. um, well, you know, James did, and great words of advice as well to kind of shift gears and get into some things that, that, that we learned about you, you know, uh-huh. cause content that we put together, that's authentic, that helps people get to know us better. Like you talk about, like, that's the stuff that it really helps to, to create connection and bonds with your audience. Uh, yep. so that's why we like to call out cool, interesting things about our guests. One thing that, 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 uh, I found out through not only my research, but you just basically sending the facts over to me that I asked for, was that uh, it looks like you really love to travel. Uh, you've been to both the Arctic Circle and the southernmost continuously inhabited city in the world. Yep. Uh, not in one trip, you mentioned. So you you yep. like to travel a lot and you go the distance. Yep. Um, another cool thing was that you've earned your Eagle Scout at 13, which hats off. I got to life uh, when I was 16. I, I stepped out of the program because I... I just got distracted. Uh, so that's incredible that you're able to do it and Thanks. you were do, able to do it by 13. Um, and then the last thing that I thought was really funny, it's <laughs> just totally bizarre. Like these are the types of facts that I, I absolutely love is the things that like you've never heard. I, like, so you, um, you played basketball with, with Roger Staubach in, in his backyard. Yeah. When, when I was in high school, I, I played on a basketball team and, and our point guard was best friends with Roger, one of Roger Staubach's kids. And okay. uh, we'd, we'd go over there from time to time. Uh, most of the time, Roger was, if he was there, if it was like Saturday, uh, he was over in his gym. He, he had a pretty impressive gym. I mean, this guy was in his fifties uh, at, at that <laughs> time and still look like he could have held his own, uh, against some linebackers. And, uh, uh, to, I mean, solid as a rock. He set a pick on me one time and I almost went down uh, as a high school basketball player. So, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's incredible. So uh, I, I was able to leverage AI and pull together what, oh, what I envisioned <laughs> as what was happening. Uh, he's not in his fifties, but it looks like he's still got the moves. That yeah, uh, the 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 vest uh, yeah. He never wore he never wore that vest on on his court, but yeah, he uh, he, he was a, he was a, a pretty phenomenal athlete. He had a, a, a real nice uh, scoop finger roll, uh, so he he knew what he was doing. Very cool. The I know I was di- I did this last night and I was just I was tired and I was it was really funny to me. <laughs> the other thing the other thing I thought was pretty cool was that you um you're an avid uh a rush fan, you know, I've, yeah. I've picked up from some of your other content. So I was really trying to get you into the moment and and try to get you to become part of the band. Uh you know, uh, it was actually really really tough to get AI to recognize anything about Rush. That's both shocking and disappointing. <laughs> yes, right. Um, but yeah, I thought this is this is kind of a fun representation of you just shredding it in front of the audience at a rush show. So that's so, hilarious. Part of the group. That's hilarious. Awesome. Well, uh, with that, you know, we like to to give our guests an opportunity, James, just to give somebody a shout out who they think are doing something really cool, really interesting, or engaging from a local marketing standpoint. So, who would you like to shout out? 
Uh, there's a couple of folks. Um, number one, I'd say Andrew Pollock, the founder and CEO of Lead Pops, or well now Rebel IQ, and mm. what he's doing. He's not. He's doing it more on a national level, but the tool that he's providing is helping uh, helping local loan officers really stand out in their market and create and and and, uh, and basically combat a lot of the the lead aggregation services from a lot of the big names that are out there in the industry and be able to, as they say, take back their leads and be, uh, and just be able to, to get themselves in front of more people and leveraging uh, digital marketing to do it. Uh, another big guy named Mike Faraci, he's a, a videographer and uh, he's been in the industry a long time. It'll actually be a really good interview for you guys to, um, to have on, but he, uh, he'd been in the mortgage industry for, uh, for 20 years or so and and um uh, has originated loans has, has been a, a an executive at uh, at some top firms and they uh, about a year ago uh just kind of launched uh, kicked off his his own company where he is producing video content for on behalf of both companies and individuals and just does a really really good job especially with the videos that he puts out there uh so d definitely give him a good follow he's uh the name of his company is uh, red button media, uh, I, I want to say, but, um, if you just look, look for Mike Ferracci, uh, anywhere on any platform, you'll be able to find him. And then the third is, uh, this is more uh, addressing your question that there's a couple of branch managers that we have in upper, uh, up in Columbus, Ohio, who are doing fantastic work, both with video newsletters, all kinds of engaging in all different facets of, of digital marketing and outreach to their community. And it's paying off big time and uh their names are nick uh, nick steinauer and craig king and uh craig is spelled k-r-e-g but um if you just said they go by the columbus team and, and uh our co-branch managers and, and just doing a great job on just kind of elevating their brand and by extension the, the thrive brand there in the columbus market so kudos to them very good no all very good shout outs and i appreciate you having more than one uh it's incredible yeah. A lot of people doing some great things out there. We appreciate you recognizing that, James. Uh, also, you know, tons of fun having you in the lab. We appreciate you coming on, giving uh, our listeners some really, really good insights. So, so thanks a ton for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Happy to be here. As always, thanks for joining us in the Local Marketing Lab. This podcast is brought to you by Evocalize. To learn how Evocalize can help you grow your business, visit evocalize.com. If you learned something new from today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Evocalize, that's E-V-O-C-A-L-I-Z-E, -E, and on X at Evocalize Inc. And remember, keep innovating and trying new things. You never know what's gonna connect with your audience until you try. And until next time, thanks for listening.